Hello and welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Swizz. And thank you for joining us for the Spicy Flu Special, also known as the I Got Rona. Swizz, thank you for joining us. Before we move on, SC Insider 100, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. Also find us on all the audio platforms as well, so Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it. And on the YouTube, search for Supercoach Insider. Keep those likes, those follows coming along as well. We're pumping it. We're like now 1.13,000, I think it is. So we're killing it on that. We're now... Uh, making money off those videos as well, everyone. So sorry for the ads, but help us by <laughs> helping you. And uh, it is what it is. Speaking as as well, also a uh, shout out as well by our sponsor, Earn You. So please go to earnyou.io. You can get some free crypto. Basically, there's a whole bunch going on. I'm just going to do a little video on it shortly as well. SC Insider 100 is the promo code. So you can get yourself a free 100-point bet. Anything that you win actually gets converted into crypto. And there's some big stuff happening in that space as well the BetU um, metaverse. So there's going to be a casino, an actual live play with those NFTs or whatever. I'm just trying to read up about NFTs. Um, apparently that's a real thing. So I'm not really big, like knowledgeable on that. But hey, stay tuned. I'll do another video on that shortly as well. Swiss, thanks for joining us, mate. For once, I actually sound like the most manly person in our crew. <laughs> mate, you sound pretty good. <laughs> that. Uh, so, mate, well, haven't we moved up in the world? We've got bloody YouTube videos going. We've got uh, fucking crypto coin and that. Uh, then uh, it looks like you've got clothes on, so we're not going to OnlyFans, but um, I guess that's the next no, thing No, not quite. This. Although <laughs> I am in my bedroom, so I did consider. I was like, hey, it's just like, hey, I'm ready, guys. I was like, hey, let me just go get some clothes. So I've done it the old newsreader uh, shirt on and, and uh, undies below. So You'll have to speak uh, up when I'm wearing a towel. Oh, yes, you can you can imagine that part. But um, speaking of which as well, we also got a new sponsor as well. I can't do it now, but basically Splash Vodka were kind enough to send me a couple of cartons. Sorry, Swizz. I'll let you know how they taste. Um, if that continues well as well. So Splash Vodka, shout out to them. Send us a couple of cartons, boys. So I'm really excited and uh, I'm going to give that a taste as well. I believe they're sugar-free, so that really does fit in with my macros. Really keen to give it a try. But unfortunately, at the moment, the... The missus accepted the delivery yesterday. I'm trying to stay away from baby. So they haven't been put in the fridge yet. I will crack them out soon, but she's on the liquor control, which kind of sucks because I know I'm not going to get really any beers delivered to my front doorstep or the door until um, probably the weekend. So at the moment, it's um, just hiding a couple of, a little bit of scotch in the room at the moment. So um, cheers and um, swizz. Mate, it, mate it's, it sucks. I was unwell the week before. Not with Corona, but you can't go out when you're feeling crook anymore. Like the moment you do one little cough, the, like the whole world turns and looks at you like, why the hell are you out? You got Corona? You're giving me Corona? So it's just that it's that's not going away anytime soon. So unfortunately, yeah, you've got to isolate. Mate, I'm on holidays. Right. I'm on holidays. I am on paid leave and then I get Corona. If I got Corona like during the term, then I get paid, well, not paid, but I can uh, take mate, sick leave to get, get a week. To get a week uh, off, mate. And I was like, <laughs> I so can't. now if I get to, like the only plus side is I get to keep my sick leave in case baby gets unwell. Uh, first week of the holidays, bang, literally, uh, I don't know if it was the pub that I went to, but even then I went from like sitting in the corner of the pub, not many people around, and I went literally wore my N95 to the game, into the stadium, took it off when I sat down. So there's literally only a few people around me and then wore my mask again out of the stadium. And then two days later, bang, COVID. So, mate, you guys eating <laughs> those toads up there in Queensland and that, it's, you know. Yeah. Hey, mate, I get real chesty too. Anytime I get sick, it's like I need 
Uh, like if I had bronchitis, I get real chesty. So this, it's not really a surprise because I figure if I did get it, I'd be quite chesty, which is why I sound so manly, except when I cough and can't sleep, man, I reckon I've got about six hours. But hey, PS5 uh, games, I'm so keen to watch all the games this week. I might just, if follow me on Twitter, uh, SC Insider 100, just look for us because I'm going to be tweeting the shit out of everything. I swear to God. Um, yesterday I was like, hey, I'll do my draft tips post. Um, just commenting on everything on, on YouTube, just checking everything. So look, hit us up, shout us out, ask some questions if you want as well. I've got nothing but time. Um, yeah. Speaking of um, time, yeah, Swiss. I was the same. Bloody, I was WrestleMania and that. I ended up having the buddy new wrestling game as well on the PS5. So I've been up since 4am, like 4am the last two nights, playing that, watching all that, binging that sort of shit. Um, and then there's plenty of footy. Like, yeah, as I said, George came and tracked me down at the... Uh, uh, what game was that? The Richmond GWS game. So I should be at the Richmond Doggies and also Essendon and Adelaide this week. Um, there's always a sneaky chance I get a third game in. So yeah, if you're going to one of the games, send me a tweet and, and you want to catch up. Or or if if you're ever around the London Tavern, come and give us the you know have a. I'm happy to have a beer. Well, not a beer, but a bourbon or something like that. But yeah, I'm um, I'm always floating around the footy world. So always happy to talk footy, mate. Yeah, it's the same here, and um, can't wait to get out, mate, to be honest, but um, look, it's it's a lovely time of year. Let's get into it. Um, all right, so basically, there's really what I would only consider like a must-have. There's not many of them. Um, Nick Martin is probably the only must-have that you need to bring in this week if you don't already have him. He's 102,000, break-even of negative 124. When we have a look at scoring... Uh, his first round, he went really big. He got like 100 and, if it'll bring it up, I think it was about 118, wasn't it? Uh, 114 in round yeah, one, 71 yeah, round one, two. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, as far as options go, you need to find a way to get him into your side. Now, whether that if you have Owens, right, then maybe do a VC early in the week to see if you need Owens. Um, otherwise, I suggest probably getting rid of someone like that. Um, for me, it's even... I'm considering, depending on if Dixon's named now, Dixon, it sucks because he's, he probably will make some money. But when you have Darling is in the in that side, JJK's in that side, I'm um, not sure how far Oscar Nallon is coming back. You know, I mean, William's back into that ruck as well. So it's an interesting one for me where, you know, you've got someone who probably won't get too many more weeks left in Dixon um, compared to a, a Driscoll, who I also have, um, who's played two games as well. But it's like one of those ones where I'm like, or oh, it's Rochelle. And I still think Rochelle has some um, good scores in him, right? Now, unfortunately for Swizz, who brought him in last week, you're kind of handcuffed to, to old mate Rochelle. Um, but for those who already started with him, now I'm kind of looking, okay, well, if you're holding, you kind of have to hold for probably at least five rounds, right? Because it's three rounds until he gets rid of that crappy score out of his cycle. Then you're kind of looking at it going, okay, well, then you need at least a couple more rounds to get that real cash generation, so you're kind of looking at about five rounds, which is round round eight or round nine, probably to get rid of him. So it's not that bad. Um, that DPP does help, you know, Rochelle get into that midfield sort of mix to allow you to maybe loophole a Rochelle and a, a Horn Francis because on any week, one of them could go really well. Um, so that's what I'm kind of toying up. Is it worth going the Rochelle to bank some cash to then move on? Uh, other people also have the big issue of next week, uh, which is a, probably the other big notable uh, presence that everyone seems to be losing their shit over is Proust. Now, Proust isn't on the list just yet. Let me go. If I go to next week, it probably will be. Has to be up there. Yep. So Proust, um, break even a negative 26 just from one round. And he scored, I think it was like 109 Swiss. Yeah. Um, 
Yep. So he looked really good as the number one ruck. I thought he was very much a big presence around the ground. And because of all the big ruck dilemmas of what's going on, I see a lot of people getting rid of their primo ruck, bringing in English, and then looking to bring in Proust next week. Now, I think you're in a similar boat, Swizz. Are you thinking something along those lines? Unfortunately, yeah. It's um, it's really frustrating because I think Big Brucey's got. Uh, if he doesn't get, if Darcy doesn't get up, he's playing against Lloyd Meek. So Big Brucey could be doing wonderful things again this week. And then I think Darcy gets up. Then, uh, yeah, he should. But I don't think he is. Past, what? Uh, Rumors are he's fit. Yeah, yeah him and Mundy are back. Yeah, they should be, but. Man, until those teams come out, I don't guarantee anything in that, especially with Fremantle and West Coast at the moment. Um, but yeah, even so if he is, if Darcy's out, then Bruce probably scoring does come back a bit. If it's if it was to be Meek, well, that could have just been a field day. But the problem is, I think Bruce can still. We, we talked about it preseason can still score eighties, um, and I'm getting absolutely murdered by those people who haven't gone set and forget in the rucks. So, like, I feel really comfortable because I don't like trading in the rucks, but then. If Bruce is going to say go eighty and Grundy's only going to go say one five one ten, at best it's only you know sort of twenty five thirty point gap for four hundred thousand, and the worst thing is, is um, you know everybody else is using that four hundred thousand to upgrade their team. Be it say let's say you've got English on your forward line and you don't have the the issue where you're going Martin or Rochelle or somebody like that on field. You know, it, it's and that's where like you scored so much better than me this week because yeah, you did have Proust versus Grundy, which got your score anyway, and then you have English over Martin or Rochelle. That's an extra 80, 90 points you have this week. So it's one that's of those even more. Go, it's like one hundred and twenty uh, yeah. on Rochelle, and then an extra yeah. uh, fifteen or ten or yeah, yeah ten or so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so so do I just bite the bullet here and go? Okay, that's one week where I've given up, say you know, a hundred points to you, um, give or take and just try to make that up over captains and stuff like that over the next couple of weeks again, um, or doing some other sort of decision. But if I don't do it and I keep next week could be the same and next week I could further fall further behind, especially if say Grundy or Gorn. And if I've got between the two, um, I'm more on Grund, dropping Grundy than I am Gorn. Like I, I was saying in my team pod, um, Gorn hasn't played that well so far, but he's still averaging 99. I think there's a lot of improvement. We know that Jackson effect, but he's still good enough. He's going to go 115, 120 and that when, when he gets his shit together. Grundy's got me a bit more worried, just the way the Pies are playing. Um, Nick Nat again this week. So, yeah, Bruce is definitely the one I'm sort of thinking. I think that's where you're talking about Martin. Well, maybe if, you, if you've got Rochelle, could you get rid of, say, a Ward, for example, who's got a break-even of nine, you go, you'd rather keep someone like that. But if you're looking at trying to make that cash, so you go ward down, um, you make 100K that week, and then next week, is it Dixon or is it Hayes or is it, is it somebody else where you go them to Bruce if you're going to put them as an R3? But then you've got Bruce as an R3 anyway, so that's a problem in itself. Um, those yep. who have English in their rucks, it's such an easy move next week because if you don't have Bruce, it's just bang English into the forward line and then Proust comes in. So it's a much easier decision. And we've yep. talked about how we think Proust could be the number one cash cow this year. Like he's going to play, he's going to score 80s, 90s. He's going to get himself up to a 450. It's just one of those things you've got to kind of plan around. And they won last week. So it, it helps with the structure going, well, he won. So, do you know what I mean? It's, it's easier to kind of back in Proust that way. I think it also helps that... Um, 
who's the other one that was playing backup ruck was playing, I think, defense. Briggs. Uh, Briggs. Or so Keith. that kind of tandem. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So basically, I think that tandem sort of worked a bit better. Um, I think there's a lot of space in it. Now, if you don't have Proust, obviously, wait a week, check the teams to see if he's named in the ruck and see if Flynn's also named or not, because that's probably going to be a big um, factor. So even next week, you'll be able to see the teams announced again to see, you know, what's actually happening. So I think it's a, a wait and see on that space. Um, I'd prefer to have him on field. That's why I liked the whole English premise there. So I know a lot of people are trying to jump on the English train before it kind of leaves the station. But um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one for me. So I think realistically between here and say round six, you shouldn't be trading unless you have some real big issues. Now, if you play for overall, you might see some really big glaring issues that you want to try and fix. But again, everywhere you try and fix that might leave gaps elsewhere. So it's one of those ones where, you know, like last week's Swiss tried to, you know, make the percentage play and then you lost points in that week. So hopefully, you know, you're back in that process where each other week it will come forward. I still think Gorn and Grundy look like they're the best options. Now, I know Raleigh O'Brien had a good week just going out but that just gives me even more confidence that Gorn can probably towel up Lysette this week. Um, you know, it's one of those ones where if I had both, I don't think I'd be trying to jump off ship. I only went with the English and Proust train um, because I wasn't sold on Gorn at that point in time, and it just bought me time. Now, I well and truly knew Gorn could have started like a house on fire, and I'd be like, oh, shit, okay, well, I need to try and get him in ASAP, whereas for the people that sort of followed me in that train of thinking, we're like, okay, so that time that we've bought, it's now people looking to get off a Gorn or Grundy to come and join me on the train that I chose. So there's now less risk in the decision that I made because initially I know a lot of people were like, oh, you know, chucking up a bit of a stink. So um, it is one of those things and we don't have a crystal ball. I think just try and back yourself in, but try and make less trades. Less trades are better. Um now, I know, you know, Swizz, you're looking at trading and stuff like this as well. The only real trade I'm looking to make this week is Nick Martin. And I have toyed up with the the idea of going a Rochelle to Nick Martin and then actually using that money because I had a look before and I was like, hey, I could go Berry to a Green. I could go Berry to a Heaney. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I could sit pretty, save my trades for a little bit, get through to that round six, work out who those DPPs are. If Tom Mitchell comes in as a DPP, bang, I could be the first guy to get him as a forward. Or... At that point in time, I can go downgrade somebody and then literally go a berry straight to a steel or an Oliver and then get an extra VC or C option instead of, because a lot of people have three options. Rucks aren't doing it. So you're not going to be VCing or, or putting a captain on a ruck at the moment, right? So basically it's one of those three big primos. Now, if I can get a, get a premium, go get a fourth premium on top of Crips, say let's say five premiums then in the midfield, then you have a better choice for VCs. You have a better choice of options and try and get an actual bona fide premium instead of trying to use a trade to go for someone and hope that a Tom Green continues. And that's a big one that I want to touch on is the Tom Green factor because we don't know. But what do you think based on how we started and where you think Tom Green can end up for GWS Swiss? Yeah, he's the second most traded in play this week, Tom Green. Yeah. Um, so well done to those. There was a few that jumped on him last week, and they went Whitfield down to Green, or Whitfield to Bowie, and then Berry up to Green, which looks a genius move right now. Now with Hopper out, just short up that midfield time. Um, you know, he's a very he's built very similar to Clary, and that's where we talk about that sort of young player and Crips combined, yeah, uh, and Crips, yeah. So you know, around the ball, kicking goals, 
they did have a real soft game against the Suns, so that was something that really did help him. So he's not doing that every week. Um, and then the other thing you've got to think is sort of Kelly, Taranto, um, Canelio have been the ones sort of swapping around. Um, you know, so where does he probably sit? He, you know, he could definitely be 105, 110, but we've seen it sort of even with Brayshaw um, in their break, in his breakouts. You know, you go through all of it, even even talking about Clary in his year, it was only, a you know, a sort of 110. Now, can he go 105, 110? Yep, there's, there's every possibility of that. Um, and if you'd got on last week, well, fantastic, because you got him at a right price. Now, when you start getting at 500,000, like there's still some value there, but are you going to lose out to those guys who have got those sort of 110, 115, 120 players in that midfield? And that's the problem. Like you bring in green now, which is definitely some value, and he could definitely track for 110 the next, you know, four, five, six weeks or even further on. Um, and he gets up to say 550, 600. But when everybody else, say you're trading in Jack Steele, you trade in Petrarca, those guys who are going to go more than what Tom Green's going to go in the back of the year, then do you use another trade to trade out Tom Green, which is, you know, major sort of 70, 80,000 K, does it become worth it? So those guys who jumped on him last week, you know, we always talk about a trade you want between that sort of 100 and 200 K. Tom Green's going to make those people that last week uh, who got on him last week because they've already got that 72,000 price rise. So if you're bringing him now, you're backing him to be one of your top eights. Um, do I think he's got, yeah. like, he, as you said, crystal ball, he, you know, he could do really well, but I don't think he's going to be matching those guys for the rest of the year. No, and I'm with you there. But not only that, even if you have a look and averaging 139, right? So, number one, Josh Kelly hasn't really hit his straps just yet. Um, the role is his, and he's got the body enough to be able to do it, right? But about consistency, when you kind of look at, you know, Clayton Oliver had an outstanding second year. Was it a breakout of 115? Now, if he, if we say, okay, he's going to average 115 from here out, then, yeah, pick him. But then if he averages 115 from here out, he's probably averaging you 120-plus for the whole season, right? You're not going to get those points, the difference. Do you know what I mean? So because he's the, the high scores he's already had are come and gone. And we know yep. even the best premiums in the game aren't going to go too many scores over 150 or 160. Steele had five scores over 150 last year, and he had the most, five scores over 150, the most out of anyone. Now, Green's already had two scores over 150, right? So that's awesome, but the chances are he's not going to be able to hit that consistently for the rest of the season. So um, it's one of those ones for me where I'm not quite sure. Like, I like him. Keeper leagues, yeah. Draft leagues, yeah. Right, but standard, I'd rather just kind of wait and see. Even now, 500,000, again, 70,000 on top of what he was already. Even after he has like a down game, you're still going to be able to pick him up for probably about 570 anyway at some point. Do you know what I mean? 550, 570, 580. He's not going to be that much more by waiting and actually getting a little bit more uh, information. But again, you're then backing him in over, say, a Clary or someone else that you'll probably be able to also get for, you know, 600 or maybe a little bit less than that. So uh, yeah. I've already got Rao. I've already got Crips. I don't need another guy like that. When you think about it, if you get green, who, who are you passing up? I mean, you're passing up, you've got Clary, you've got Bont, you've got uh, Steele, you know, any of these other midfielders, you know, Titch, obviously, if he came back and came good, um, Petrarca, you're pretty much passing on some of these guys already. 
and and it's like it's those risk versus reward like those who were willing to take the risk last week and i saw somebody mm. i think it was grundy to english yeah. they went whitfield to bowie and they went berry up to green fantastic trade and that's yep. really being really aggressive and some of these people will be aggressive early set their season up try to get ahead of the game hopefully it works out for them because they'll lose trade they won't have as many trades on the run home um, and if they, you know, if it didn't come off for them this week, so be it, that's their season and that, but they, they take these risks to give themselves every shot of being right up there and setting their team up. The problem the only... is now you're, you're trade if you're trading, say doing a trade like that, and you're trying to do somebody down to get the cash for say, bury up to green, which is what people are doing. Cause you don't want to go a premium down to get green. So can green, what's green going to score now? Like an extra, like 20 points, 30 points more than Barry each week. So what are you doing to get, now, if you've got that cash, it's a different story, but if you don't have that cash, what are you doing to get the extra 200,000 to get Barry up to green? And, and that, and that's becomes then the discussion is like, okay, well, I'm going to do gone, gone down or I've seen like, I think crisp is one of the crisp and Grundy are the two, two of the highest traded out players this week. So that means you're going one of them one of those big premiums down to make that money there and there's no guarantee that those points that you're going to get for going say grundy down to Proust is that might be the same amount of points berry to green well actually it probably it's going to, it could be less in the long term berry to green you know it might get you an extra 20 points 25 points a week but you've burnt two trades to do it so you get and you're behind the people who have already done it as well yep. so um I just think it's a waste of a trade and you probably need to try to jump on the next player. And that's where you yep. sort of got to be a bit, if you're going to be aggressive, you've got to sort of, you know, pinpoint, okay, who's the other, who's the next one with the role change? Who's the other one who's, who's taking over an injury role? Yeah. And when you look at um, also your, your cadence, like your trade cadence, when you kind of go, and that's a big thing that I look at is, you know, like stock markets and that kind of thing. I'm like, okay, well, if you trade out, say, you know, a crisp or a Grundy or something or other, right? Now, yeah, you might be able to make up some points somewhere, but green's gone up 70, Grundy's gone down 22, or even crisp. You pretty much put them both together. Your team is worth $100,000 less than someone else that did that yesterday, mm -hmm. by, by last, last week. Do you know what I mean? So you're like, okay, well, now you versus any other team that has already made that decision, you are now $100,000 less better off. Now, the only way it works is if this person becomes a must-have where everyone wants to get them and they're going to pay overs and you're going to pay unders because they end up being a must-have. So I'm talking Ridley several years ago. I'm talking Aaron Hall last year. Now, if you jumped on early enough, then they became a must-have player and you got on early enough, which meant you actually saved money because you still might have paid a little bit more than you, you know, than initially, right? But you still got onto them at a good time earlier than everyone else because that person became a must-have. Now, if they don't become a must-have, then you end up with someone who's probably not a top eight premium in their line. You have spent $70,000 more than other people did take that risk on. And then your team is worth less, right? So there's the, there's the checks and the balances. The only way it works off is if you are adamant that this person becomes a must have owner ownership. That's the only way it works out. So if you think green's going to kill it and average you 115 for the rest of the year, average 120 total. Cool. Go for it. Whereas steel has probably started a bit slower, but I still think steel's going to average you 120 plus or more for the rest of the year because of his high ceiling. So automatically there's five points per game on steel over 20 rounds that are left or 19 rounds that are left. 
Do you know what I mean? You kind of go, okay, well, there's a hundred and something points there. Yeah. So and there's always and there's always the start of the year, mate, where we see some teams who you you know start off really well, like we talked about the Crows last year. The Suns usually have a history of doing it. Um, like the Hawks have started off really well. Then some of those younger guys get tired and, and there is a drop-off. Well, Travis Boak's a good example of that. Every year he seems to start off really well on fire and that averages, you know, 120, 125 at the start of the season. And then, you know, the, the whips start cracking. It gets to the middle of the year because he's that sort of older guy. And then the wines and all of them start finding their feet and just start taking over. So there are some of these situations you see real in the season where, say, because um, Kelly is a more of a slower starter and, you know, they'll, they'll play him up forward, let it get in because he's had such an injury history. They let, it, you know, the, it's a lot, it's a high pace, high intensity game. So some of those players, if they don't work their way into the season, they get, they break down and they get injured. So, you know, they can throw young Tom Green in there, young, hungry, wants to go in there. Round six, seven, he's probably going to burn himself out a little bit. And then Green comes in, then Cornelio, Taranto, the bigger body, the more mature players when, you know, it gets to those colder months um, and you've got to have those big bodies in the midfield. That's when they start doing their their thing. So, um, yeah. Well, what I, happens I think... when the other Green comes back in? Toby Green comes back in. Well, Taranto that, probably that, plays and that, more and that's midfield. The other, and I think that's the problem as well because the Giants are looking at going, well, how do we, how do we, well, how does any club, um, you know, solve um, one of their best players out. And we like, you go through each week about how close the, the AFL system is and you look like, you know, okay, Dusty's missing from Richmond. Everyone's like, oh, well, you know, you will rely on him. But the Giants are very much like that. Toby Green is one of the best players in the game, one of the best forwards in the game. How You can't just replace them with a VFL player. So to do that, they've had to move Kelly. They've had to play Taranto. They've had to play the, some of their best players down there um, because you can't just bring some VFL player in to replace that. So, yeah, they've had to change their structure. Green comes back in, their structure goes back to normal. So, yeah, so you probably see Green then, you know, you'll probably spend less time on ground. They'll get Kelly into those CBAs, especially when they need to win those close games. And, yeah, and he probably does drop back to, say, maybe even it's 100 as we get to the middle of the year. No, I agree. Um, that's probably why I'm avoiding that train, so... And then let's move on. Same, let's look at this. Like we could have the same discussion about Brayshaw. Like he's one massive score well, at 176. But and... playing GWS this week too, he's definitely getting tagged. Like oh, yes. hands down. <laughs> it's going to be literally, it's going to be cheap. Sure. Like he's going to be that cheap. He's going to, he's going to get more tags. Now last week he got tagged and it was funny because they actually sent him to the bench. Right. Oh, and no, let's try to lose the tag. We'll put, we'll put, yeah, we'll put, we'll put yeah, a, go on. Oh, yeah. oh, no, the other Brayshaw. No, nah, he's cooked. Don't yeah. even go there. He went yeah, like that, 70, just, 70, yeah, 170. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I can see why you wanted to talk about the freer one. Yeah, definitely. The I'm talking about the yeah. only standard relevant Brayshaw. Yeah, no. yes. Well, I just heard some talk about because of Brayshaw being the hype guy this week because of his 176. Um, and, and then everyone's like, oh, well, he's going to get defender status and stuff. But and that, but that's, that's he had the like whole a thing. Record, he had a record for marks. Marks. It was uh, the most ridiculous thing because the Bombers don't have actually wingmen. Um, like I was watching that going, uh, like the Bombers have all these inside midfielders, uh, even though they have had a couple like Merritt being out this week and like how does Dev Smith fit in? But, you know, they've got McGrath and Heppel and Hind and these guys all come off the half back line. They've actually got no wing. So Langdon and Brayshaw had the biggest field day in the world. Um, but, yeah, no, you're right in saying about uh, Frio's Brayshaw. 
and yeah, the Giants yeah. will definitely send two taggers and do the exact same thing this week because it worked last week. So why wouldn't? They yeah, well, do they it had. F- I think, and they had a, a player in like Foley go to him. So, and um, they're like, oh, I know how to break a tag. They literally Brayshaw goes off and goes, okay, well, when I come back on the field, maybe they know I won't come back on the field. <laughs> so it's almost like, hey, let's change my jersey, let's put on a fake mustache, and let's just go out there. Hi, I'm not uh, Andrew Brayshaw. Um, and even then he got absolutely dominated to the point after halftime, West Coast are gone. Right. Well, we need to try and win this game or we're going to have at least a, a good shake at trying to win this game. So they actually released a tag and instead of it being like a less than 30 point deficit, they got absolutely trolloped. So it was one of those funny ones where, and then all of a sudden the game's out of reach. So I was like, well, what's the point in tagging now? Same as Lockie Neal, fourth quarter, they're losing by like 80 points or you know, 50 points or whatever it was. And they're like, oh, okay, well, as you as a tagger, it's like, what's the point in trying to lock down one person when your whole team's getting flogged? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, what's the point? You're you're not winning the game anymore. So I think Brayshaw still got like a high nineties, which I thought was quite good. He worked his way back into it, but GWS probably aren't going to let up, right? Yeah. They'll probably even and run the a two tag system again. The ball is the best. He's just straight out the best tagger in the competition. So, but he gets the pinch hit himself. tag. He gets yeah, the pinch hit the, tag now, which know, is even, even better. Hey. So now- now DeBoer so actually can – yeah, go on. Sorry, mate. No, I was just going to say, like, hey, Ash, you go and get get some early running into him, put some blocks on, put some early work into him. When you get tired, I'll come and pinch hit tag and just make his life even more miserable. Like, it's oh, it's it's absolutely beautiful. If I didn't own Took and have the VC on him this week, not like I could use a captain anyway, but uh, it was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it was, mate, it was unreal to watch. And, um, fuck fuck yeah, GWS, when they did but it. And DeBoer was actually good getting forward. So that was the problem a couple of times when Ash went to Took. DeBoer can get forward, take a mark and kick a goal. And they'll do the exact same thing this week against Freo. They'll expose. So I expect DeBoer to probably be um, starting midfield against Brayshaw. And then when you get those stoppages up around, say, that GWS half forward flank, Ash will go to him there and DeBoer will just float forward with no attention at all because who's putting attention in the tagger? Yep. And he'll, yeah, he'll yeah. just get on the end of it. Or even if, say, Took went forward, then it's like, oh, Ash is just resting in defense. Oh, hello there. It's like the old rugby league state of origin. It's like, Walker's on, Walker's on. <laughs> as soon as he walks into, like, comes into the forward line, he's like, oh, bang, I know you. I was just taking you a second ago and then just put some heat on. Like, um, oh, yeah. So I think Brayshaw's going to get absolutely trounced this week. Um, they really need Sarong to come in. And Mundy, obviously, I think should definitely be in there this week. Um, so I think it's going to be also bode well for Brody this week because if all the if someone's getting locked down, then someone else needs to get that footy. So, Matt Brody's great, like, and that's just the thing everyone complains about his low time on ground. But you should have known that anyway. It's gone up. Your, it's gone up. It has. His time on ground's gone up. It went up to like 80 percent. Yeah, but it's you're going to have weeks where he isn't that great. But we weren't picking him for that. We're picking him for his points on ground. Um, because when he's on ground, he does such a great job. So, yeah, if he can keep motoring along at 90-plus, beautiful as a forward. Like, yep. it, it, it starts getting in that discussion. Well, like, I don't, I can't see him keeping it up all year. But no, a few more weeks. But, yeah, um, you, you can get him when to the five comes back in. if he keeps oh, doing even that. When five comes back in, I'm probably looking to ship him on. So, yeah, well, we'll, we'll see how we go. It'll be, it'll be interesting because they might, like, five's what, still another five to six away. Uh, yep. So we're starting to already talk about round eight. They might even the first couple of weeks, Fife might even just play forward just to get his body in there and that like it, it'll depend how Frio are traveling as well. 
if Frio win these games as we expect, um, that well then they you know they'll probably want to bring Fife back in and get him in that midfield, or they might even go the other way and go well let's not rush him back because we might need him for September. Where if they might be losing some of these games, they might be more keen to you know rush him back and then play him in that midfield. So it all depends on how Fremantle are going. This is a big week for the bet I have with Chris. I need Fremantle <laughs> to beat GWS in Fremantle because at the moment they're two and one. Now five is a parlay. Five wins out of 10, it's basically even odds money back. I need six out of 10. He needs four out of 10. So if they win this week, then that's automatically, that's three out of four and I only need three out of six, half of the wins. And Fremantle do have a real soft draw at the back end, although it's not as soft because they play Collingwood and stuff now, which I thought was soft. But uh, Collingwood have Still been little soft, feisty buggers, unfortunately. So um, actually been good. I know yeah. they've been good, and they were like second last, right? Or were they? No, where were they? They were pretty low on the ladder. And North Melbourne yeah, are still shit. Maybe third last in the end or something. I think they won the last couple of games or something, didn't they? To North Melbourne not, smashed. No, they might have actually been. I'm trying to think. No, I'm they second last? no they might have been because where did the Giants end up having their pick? And that it was like. Um, I can't remember. Uh, Giants were a little bit later because they went Callahan or whatever it is. Um, Collingwood got him at pick four or something rather, I think. Oh, maybe they're a bit later. Anyway, let's move on now. So Nick Martin obviously must have get whoever out you need to, basically. Um, I don't care if they're playing or making cash. Martin, you need to find room for. Um, Outside of that, so Hugh Dixon, don't jump out if you don't have him. He's not a must-have. If you have him already, awesome. I wouldn't be going out of your way to bring him into your side because I think you might be disappointed. Uh, the other reason I'm thinking about holding Dixon, mind you, if he's not named this week, then he's out of my side for Martin. That's pretty much self-explanatory. Um, otherwise, I'm going to hold Martin as a, 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 sorry, Dixon as a bit of a loophole. Um, Gallant, we spoke about forward. All right, so fairly tall forward. Uh, Tex coming back in as well. He's not always going to kick four goals. Right, we saw that with Rochelle got five goals and then fuck all. So even worse than Rochelle. Um, don't go do it. Don't go get rid of Rochelle for Gallant. Um, Thompson Dow, pick at your own risk. I think it went like 50 in round two and then 100 in round three. Presti coming back. Um, we hope, obviously, Dusty might come back at any stage. We don't know. But even still, when you talk about a $200,000 player, you need them for a run of, you know, four, five, six rounds, really, because it's a slower burn. Um, I don't like it. No, mate, I don't. I, I don't because, yes, like, I'd like to see us play a few more younger kids through the midfield and everything like that. But it's, you know, after we got beaten, we're playing the dogs as well. So they might be trying to sort of change it up again. Um, and, and even just the fact that we're playing the dogs. So if I'm picking those 200 guys, like, yeah, we talk about there was some risk involved. But we could still, like, we all kind of put Cherry in because we were thinking he's going to be number one ruck. Brody were about five. You know, Canelio coming back is a different story. But there there were even McGovern, there was like a role change there. Very slightly more expensive, but we know he's done it before. Where Dow, you know, he's a young fella with a lot of question marks. And and you only have to have a look at what happened with Ginevan last week. He he had to go do a tagging role and um and he played really well early in the game, but then obviously petered out. So I want more confidence. Didn't Chris in go Ginevan? Two hundred thousand. Yeah, he did. Didn't Chris Oh wow. Yeah, painful, 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 painful. Um, Started well for him. The other ones that, up and about. Yeah, because yeah, he kicked a goal yeah, and but, in the third yeah. kicked a goal. 
Yeah, no, painful. Um, the other one, not a must-have. So Skinner, not named this week, rolled his ankle, I think it was, last week. Six-day break, not going to get up. I think Cleary's coming back into that side. So it now makes it even more questionable for Skinner because Alir Alir is one week closer to coming back. So that makes it a little bit harder, less weeks for him to generate cash. So if you have him already, I made a little bit of a joke on Twitter saying, oh, if you have Skinner, then there's a perfect loophole for this week. Oh, that's right. They play first. <laughs> no loophole. Um, uh, that's how I shit my jokes are. If, um, yes. if you didn't jack, jump on Jackson Mead, his break even's minus three. Coming off yes. of 78, and I think he had He that played well last week. He played First really one was, well. Um, um, made a couple of little mistakes, but yeah, that I oh know that second game he played was sub-affected 18, sub. and the first game was a 52. So that 18, you'd expect him to score way more than that. So at 150,000 as a midfielder, if you want, that's the last yeah. chance to jump on him. It's a bit more expensive because... You know, it's you'd rather at get least he's got that 79 or whatever, but yeah, I don't yeah. still don't like paying overs for him. Speaking of sub effective scores, either, but if he's probably the one other rookie outside of Martin where you're going, well, he's still got the negative break even, that 18 is going to come out of his score this week. And that, like, if you had if you needed to bring in a rookie for more cash, mm-hmm. he's probably the one, um, but at the same time, it's, it's not you're not confident around it. No, he's probably one of the one port players that could probably hold their head high, I think, from last week. Yeah. Uh, speaking of sub-effective scores, you got Nod. Now, Nathan O'Driscoll is the Nod master. It took me a little while to get what the Nod stood for. <laughs> Someone asked me on, on YouTube or something or other saying, oh, do you reckon not, <laughs> the Nod gets up? That. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I don't think he gets the Nod because I was like, what the fuck's he talking about? Um, <laughs> Nathan O'Driscoll, the Nod, uh, had a sub-effective score in the, the last week. This week, he was actually on track for another real shit score. Got quite a few disposals in the, like, the last quarter. Once they started to actually get some momentum on West Coast in that last half, especially that last quarter, kicked a goal to really inflate his score a little bit. Ended up getting a 49. Now, he doesn't s- scream pick me because he does have that low score. Uh, I don't know if he's going to get named with a couple of those ins this week. I think Lucky Tucker's out with concussion. So, again, that helps Brody. Um, he might get another game this week, but I think he's also quite vulnerable. If Sarong's back in, if Tucker's in there, Fife coming back soon, O'Driscoll's probably one that makes way, which is why I'm considering going O'Driscoll to Martin. Now, you know, it's one of those ones because he still could make cash, but with that low score in his cycle, he needs to play at least another, what, two rounds to kind of actually make some cash and then some. So you're looking at maybe four to five rounds to really make your cash. Um, and the other one is as well, Sam de Koning. Now, obviously, got knocked out on a low score, so his break even's not that great either. Projected score, which we don't really pay much consideration to, but it says he's going up 20,000 this week if he gets a 34. I thought he was pretty good last week. Uh, in some of the uh, Amy series, I think he looked better in the intra club series there. Now, obviously, got knocked out in the first round, and he got a 38. Uh, he was on 38 like at halftime, or 30 at halftime, was on track for a 60 plus got knocked out. So he's another one. If you really do need a defender, I could see which, that. Which but I realistically, a few, people, a few people do. Um, that is possibly an easier one. If you do have McCartan, because if you, there's, if you needed to get a rookie in to make cash and you already had Martin, let's just say you're, you know, got, I don't know, some sort of injured player or you want to get somebody up 
you're like, no, I want green or I want to bring in steel or I want to bring in someone like that and I need to make some money, you could put McCartan up forward or you can even put SDK up forward because he's a dual position and you can have loophole them. And, yeah, he's a big part of their um, structure at the moment. Obviously, him out there allows Stuart to do what he does, um, yeah, because they, they do like to free him up as much as possible. So I'm not expecting great scores from him, but I think it's the defensive version of Kaczynski last year where he's just going to plod along, he's going to get his 40s and 50s, and then one game he's going to go 100, and then he'll get us a bit of cash. But I think it's going to be a real slow burn with SDK. Yeah, no, I agree. So that's why, for me, I don't think he's a real must-have, um, because at any week, I think Chris highlighted the fact Geelong also have a lot of tools, more than any team. Geelong have a lot of tools. So if he has a bad round or two, then it could be easily that he's out. Um, Blycarves or Blixarves. Uh, I should watch that video again on AFL, how to say hmm. bloody names. At least I've got yeah, Rachelli, um, Ra, Rachelli, um into the team. But, yeah, so for me, uh, SDK, I think if you don't have him already, just leave him aside. Um, they're pretty much the only real must-haves or ones to sort of consider when we sort of look towards next week. Proust is probably the only other big one there. Um, I think other than that, McInnes played one game, did okay, scored a 61. Keep an eye on that one, really. Um, outside of that, that's about yeah, it. So it's, really, it's even, between now and round six, really, you want to sit tight, yeah. really? It's not even about – it's 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 probably the good thing in a way because it's stopping us sort of burning trades with those guys. Oh, shit, we – like most years, oh, we have to get this guy, we're going to get that guy. And we're always like, oh, we really want these rookies to debut sort of round six or something like that. And that's what looks like what we're going to get with the Gold Coast boys. Um, I think it's the Tispus or – the, yeah, yep. however, I butchered that name. And yeah, Elijah and West Holland. Coast have a uh, Hollands is meant to be yeah close to uh, starting to do well in the um, seconds. Uh, also, I'm trying to think of that West Coast guy that was really hot preseason before he got injured. I think he's about two to three away, which is perfect timing. Yeah, we all had him in um, Clark. Clark, yes, yeah, so I think Clark is like a couple of weeks away, uh, which yeah. is awesome. So that way, by the time he plays three rounds, perfect upgrade season. Let's go. Um, really, really so that, keen for that, that. It's actually going to work out well for us this year where, yeah, we're not burning the trades early. Like, God, if we're going to trade someone out after round one. Like last year with, um, I forget who was that we had to get in, but I ended up trading out James Jordan way early because he had the Sunday. He wasn't named yet. He was just named on the extended bench and it come up a really crap score and then end up going all right. And then the next week it just started going ham. And it was really frustrating, because, but there was a rookie that I, we had to get in. And so at least this time, it, you know, it's good because unless for whatever reason you've completely stuffed your team, um, most of us have, you know, McCartan, Hinge, SDK, Gipkus, McDonald, um, you know, Martin, Hayes, all these sort of guys. Or um, if you don't, you might only be missing one or two. So you're kind of happy to sit them there, let them score their 50, 60, 70, go up to 20, 30K each week. And then in three, four to weeks' time, when we've made 100 to 150K on it, perfect, bring some of these rookies in so we can, butch the, um, you know, get that cash. Yep, speaking of cash, now, we'll go through who would you get rid of? Basically, looking at top ownership of players, who would you get rid of? And then people that you're looking um, to keep an eye on to upgrade to first? So let's go through the most owned players at the moment. So as far as, yeah, so let's, we've already spoken about Rochelle in depth as to whether you'd get rid of him or not. Uh, Ward is another one a lot of people still have. And Stevens, 
Now, here's the thing. I think if if you're on the similar boat to Swizz and you brought in one of these players last week, then unfortunately, I think you've got to kind of ride that train. One shit score isn't going to really change the fact. Like, yes, it might s- slow down that cash progression, but if you brought in a Stevens, it's like, okay, well, unfortunately, I was reading the team stuff today. I think McCartan, I uh, know McInerney's back in. It looks like he'll get fit. He was close last week. So then they're like talking about, oh, it looks like um, Campbell or Stevens is out. And we're like figures because that's probably the two that would, you know, one might even be a sub. But again, playing North Melbourne, Sydney this week. So, you know, outside players like Stevens could probably actually rack up and do well. And Sydney do have a soft draw. So if he plays this week, I imagine Stevens will do well this week against North because North are really lazy on the outside. And then if he does well, he keeps his spot through the soft run and Stevens makes cash. Now, Ward has been good without setting the world on light, uh, without setting the world alight. Um, again, disposal efficiency and that kind of thing still shows enough, butchers it a little bit, but he's close enough, I think, to be able to pull out a 70 or an 80 or at least a good score to start making you cash. So it's one of those ones where if you don't have Martin, I think the simplest thing is to like, I'd get rid of uh, Ward first if I didn't have. So, okay, so Ward, Stevens, Rochelle, probably the three more expensive rookies. If you don't have a Martin, which one would you get rid of? One, two, three, Swiss. Yeah, I'm like, mate, you know, I only need to, um, can you audio grab for our podcast from the week before where I was just hanging shit on not picking Stevens and that because we, we were saying that he's, He's next out, or he's two two away from being out. Um, well, Papley in soon again. too, and yeah, and that's what we're exactly saying. And so he could be as out as, and as you said, he he could come out and score really well this week against North. It's not going to make a difference if Papley sort of comes back a week earlier and all the Swans are fit. And there's no guarantees that he still keeps his spot anyway. They may even sort of change it up if they you know bring in because they've got a lot of depth at the, at Sydney as well. So. Um, he could be a case where he's in and out or they send him back to the, the v- I was going to say the NEFL, but the VFL for a couple of weeks. Um, so I actually like Ward better. Ward got it 20 times. He's getting the ball. That is definitely not his problem. He got caught by Harry Mackay at one point, just sort of was taking a little bit time going through his process before he kicked the ball and Mackay got him. You know, he'll learn from that. And I think Sam Mitchell is going to keep letting him get the opportunity because yeah, he, you know, he, he had some really good plays. I think he still kicked a goal on the weekend. He did. Uh, no, he didn't this week. So he's had twenty um, and the four marks. I think he missed so, one. Yeah. yeah. So, but he's getting you know, yeah, th- plenty of touches, I, I, contested ball, and yeah. that does score well when you can uh, dispose of it uh, efficiently. And I think even Dacos yes. was saying the the speed of the game. It's such a big step up. Like you think mm. you have time, and then you just get jammed on so quick, so hard. Now Dacos has got the luxury of playing in defence, where you generally get a little more time. You throw a young player straight into the guts or to actually try and get some contested ball in the hot heat of the coal, you know, the coal face. It's going to take a little bit of adjusting. Now, I only got rid of him because I was like, well, A, I needed Hayes and B, I wanted Bowie. And I wanted Bowie on field instead of Ward. Otherwise, I was happy to keep Ward, but I was tossing up between like, no, I know Bowie won't make 150 more than Wood per se, but I wanted those points on field and my defensive line was relying mm. on Hinge and McCutton, you know, which isn't always the greatest. Um, so I'd, I'd still back them in. So you think Stevens won Ward 2 or Rochelle 2, Ward 3? I'd even, if you're unlike me and Britain, you just put in Rochelle, then Rochelle's going to yes. be my last. But if you already have him, 
It's a debate. But dual, dual swing you, though as well? It depends if you need, if you had some other dual swing, if for whatever reason, like you had Macomb in there, um, because some people did start that, just yep. like that, or Elijah Hollands or something, and you already had the dual swing, then Rochelle is definitely yep. number two. If you don't have that dual swing and that's going to help you, like um, then Rochelle becomes your number three. But yeah, I'm, I've got a lot of more confidence on Ward. You know, to play against that Carlton midfield and still get 20, 20 times, um, yeah, getting the ball is not his issue. And, he, and his DT score was quite good. Like, yeah, I think he scored about 63. So uh, most other players, that super coach score would probably be 70, 75. So as you said, he's, yeah. he's probably that, hopefully that one game away from actually scoring. So you'd and you'll try learn. to hold him if you could. A good, a good player learns. You know that you have to, yep. you know, sometimes you kind of go through the motion. You're like, oh, shit, I just got caught. And then you kind of go, as soon as you get the ball, you're like instantly your body's reacting to like quick look, where am I? What's, you know, the team process, who's here, what's there. And then you're instantly looking for the next option, not, oh, wonderful. This is nice. I got a ball. And you're like, oh shit, holding the ball. Do you know what I mean? Because Mate, I'll, I'll everything's little, quicker. I'll give you a little story on that one, Ben. Cause I haven't played a lot of footy. I've always been more of a cricketer. And that, for those who know me, they'll definitely agree on that. But I still remember when I was playing under 16s and that, you know, just kind of was loping out of the fence. This kid would have been 110 Ks, got me, tackled me and absolutely. And I'll never forget that. And every game I played there, every time I got the ball, it was quick hands or quick kick and that like, yeah, you, you learn very quickly when you get tackled by a big guy and Ward would have learned that. Harry Mackay, probably the second biggest guy on the ground. Yeah, next time you, he'll get that ball and he'll be dishing it off straight away. Speaking about flashbacks, right? Number one, under 16s, Division 1, MVP right here. Um, probably the highlight of my life. MVP, MVP in the grand final. The other story, talking about big fellas, under 16s, you know, he kind of, uh, I think some guy was like jersey punching me, right? Like being real annoying. It's kind of like, um, I'm trying to think of that Fremantle bloody annoying fuck that you just used to get under your skin. Oh, Ballantyne. Ballantyne, right? So he's there, Jersey, just the old Jersey punch, right? And I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover, not a fighter. I don't fight, right? And he's Jersey punched me. I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? He did it again. So I literally took a swing at him, completely missed, like fresh air, completely <laughs> missed him, right? And then uh, we fall into the ground and there's a few like rough nuts in my team. So they were all running over, just tackling people, wrestling people. I end up getting up off the floor, right? This guy's grabbing me. And he was pretty much kind of like a Sanderlands of under 16s. He was about 100 kegs and I'm like 70 maybe, 1.92 meters tall. Like We're talking about Sanderlands built, big ruckman. Picks me up and goes, you want to go, do you? And I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I am good, bro. <laughs> like, I am good. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, I still remember this to this day. I was just like, I took one swing and it was a bit of a scrap metal and I think it was on video. And um, some of the boys in my team loved it. But yeah, the Ruckman picked me up and I'm like, no, nah, I'm good, mate. No, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thanks. Mate, I'm, I'm glad my, my little incident of footy, it's amazing the stuff that you used to remember playing footy. So yeah, that that's definitely something uh, young Ward will know. So um, looking at some of those guys, the most traded out players this week. So obviously Rochelle is number one, but then you've got Grundy, Gorn, Ward, and then Jack Crisp again makes the list. And that's yeah. the top five. Well, on my on my team reveal, I actually said, "Hey, if I could go Whitfield to Lloyd and Crisp to Stewart, I'd be happy. I would love it, but I'm not sure it's worth two trades and one hundred and fifty thousand dollars out of my equity to make it happen." 
Do you know what I mean? Like I'd, I want those guys and I still want to bring them in. But then I've kind of got to just allow the natural progression on letting those premiums, hopefully that they bounce back and just letting them sit because I'd rather have an extra premium than wasting all my trades and all my equity too soon, trying mm-hmm. to sideways, sideways and try and fix things. And that's where the difference is where Crisp is playing West Coast this week. Uh, yes. Who, especially on the road. Uh, and we saw what Chris did against Adelaide the, the week before. So it's it's one of those decisions like, okay, oh, well, we're going to come out and score 120 again. Where VC? The different, the different, yeah, we'll say VC, yeah. yeah. <laughs> where the different story with Grundy, for example, I can understand that a little bit more because he is playing against Natanui. Uh, so the rucks are a bit of a different story because it's a one-on-one more battle where, you know, those calf backs against weaker teams yeah, why would you want to trade him out this week? And that, like, I can get it understand because people are like, oh my God, it's 85. But still 85. Like, some of these primos aren't scoring that great. Like, if you're going to trade someone every time a primo has a bad score, then you're going to be out of trades very quickly this year. Um, five players that you don't have in your side, premiums, that you are desperately trying to upgrade and get to as soon as it's trade season. Yeah. Um, do, you want me to, do you want me to start or are you good? You go, I can, mate. I got... You start, definitely. Yeah. yeah I've got a couple in. Um, right. So Clayton Oliver, Steele, that's two. Um, Grundy, that's three. Lloyd, that's four. And is there another midfield I'm missing? No, probably not. Uh, I'd probably say maybe even Stewart or Hall, depending um on how they kind of look but that's probably my five like a, a steel oliver i'm really keen to get in which is why i'm thinking even if i do trade you know to get in martin then i'm trying to get rid of some of these guys around you know trade aggressively between round six to round nine um lloyd i think will drop a little bit of cash but i'm really keen to get him in or stewart or hall probably i think all those three actually no i've only got room for two don't i fuck um mm. Fuck Aaron Hall then. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh shit, don't make me laugh. <laughs> um, yes, uh, so uh, Oliver Steele and Max Gorn because I don't have them. I'm waiting for that price to drop out, and I'm really keen to get on those extra VC high scoring premiums that I want in my side. Um, defense, I'm not as fussed about just yet, especially if Dacos gets defender status, then he can go back there and solidifies quite a lot for, you know, until around the buy series for me, uh, and then upgrade those other players. But Steel, Clary, Gorn, some extra VCs, especially if you only got three or four deep in that midfield, go hard, try and get these other premiums in that you need as some of your early upgrades, or if there's a better price point coming up. Like, you know, and you'll know when they hit a low price point, we're like, fuck, I've got to get on this guy now. Uh, and Swiss, um, I think Chris was talking about last year, who was it? Was it Steele or Clary? He's like, oh, no, Clary. He's like, oh, I've got to get Clary. I've got to get Clary. Uh, I think they're playing Adelaide. He's like, fuck, I probably should get Clary. Oh, 200? Fuck, I'm priced out. Yeah. So yep. you know when it's time. What do you reckon? Yep. Exactly. My number one, it's actually a bit of a different one, um, in defense, if he gets the dual position, is uh, Pendles. And that the way there. It's um, it, as I said, very left field. There is my number one, but God, he looks good. And if any, how good? I don't know if you saw the game, but how good was the kick that he made? I think I can't remember if it was the third. I think it might have been the third quarter. And there would have been probably three or four players in the game that would have made the kick that he did inside fifty. Um, like there was probably four or five targets that he had, 
and he found somebody 40 meters like it was like a 90 degree angle and just in that much space like the guy is just brilliant so if he's getting yeah. dual position i want him in my team at that price um, which i think he's 500 at the moment so i've got him ahead of lloyd as my other defender he's the naturally i would like lloyd ahead of lloyd yeah wow. i think Pendle's, because of the price difference what's lloyd 580 pendle's 500 yeah. Lloyd's gone like low hundred twice. Lloyd yeah, will go I think Pendles, goes, I think Pendles goes low hundreds as a defender. Pendle Pendlebury goes hundred. I'd take I'll take Lloyd over Pendles anytime you want it. Yeah, anytime but oh, I'm saying Lloyd Lloyd would score more, but at the price point. But it's not much that nah. they're not eating. Lloyd's be 50 not K or less. more than Pendles. Fifty K or less. No, nah, not yet. He just had still COVID. Gives a guy a break. Still not gonna score that much more than Pendles anyway. He's maybe five points a game. I want, but yeah, but I'd pay 50 more at that for price. five points a game. I want Pendles nah. at that price before he jumps up too much. Right. So I have him ahead of Lloyd. You know why he's a good price point? Price. If they're the same price, I take Lloyd before Pendles. Well, look, if you were still captain, then yeah, maybe, but he plays for a shit club in a shit position. <laughs> yeah, I'm mate, kidding. I, I, I still. So, <laughs> so yeah, Pendles him. Uh, Pendles, Lloydy, uh, Oliver and Steele, naturally. I wouldn't mind Traka. Just. I think yes. if, yep. he, if he gets a, if he gets a couple more, one more low game would be perfect on that and then jump on. Uh, I probably have Tracker ahead of Clary on that at the moment too, just because he's got that chance think, of getting that Yeah, I think Clary's more that. consistent though. He is more it, consistent. You know, it's, for, for leagues, those kind of high guys are good because, you know, even if your team's not quite as good as another team, they can really swing it in your favour. Overall though... Mm. I think consistency kind uh, of pays. I, I'm, again, I'm, I'm taking value. And I'm thinking Tracker yeah. is going to get a lot more cheaper than what Oliver is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm looking at this year particularly, I think. And that's what I kind of went in at the start of the year, value. Right? That's yeah. why I went Crips. That's why I went Hewitt. Because mm. I'm hoping they'll go up in value, right? But if they get COVID or something else, then I can trade them at more than I paid for them. Yeah. And there's the value, right? And mm. if they do well, which they have done, like English, I thought it would buy me time, but I don't think I didn't think English was going to kind of drop value, right? So it's one of those ones where if you pay a mozza and you have to pay some for your VCs and Cs, but don't pay an absolute mozza because you might end up having to trade them anyway. If they get COVID, yeah, exactly. and we've seen already, they could be a close contact out for a week. Right? Fremantle coach has been out for two. Monday's been out for two. Robbie Gray's not. He's basically I think gets cleared Thursday morning, and they're like he's not playing Thursday night. So a COVID could actually mean two weeks out. Hmm. you know it's one of those ones and then all of a sudden you're, you're literally trying to bank on a ward or a stevens or a Rochelle, and you might get kissed on the dick or they might score you a 30 50 40 50 60 maybe if you're lucky and you're losing 60 points per week and there's 120 points already so uh, that's why i'm also keen on saving trades my fifth would be grundy if i end up going grundy to english because I probably want Grundy back, and that's the thing that wants to stop me from doing it. But like English, the data's there now that he's going to be top six forward, and that he's got that that sole ruck by himself. Um, yeah, he looks so good there, and, and that's where your ruck setup looks so good. I, I'd probably I'd be confident running Grundy verse Gorn, like me having gone over your Grundy, because I think I'm getting twenty points a week there for the next couple of weeks until Grundy hits his struts, scrap um, straps. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm at least, but I don't want to lose out to you with the English Proust battle. I think that's a bit of a worry for me at the moment. 
where, especially Proust and his cash, I just can't get away. If I've got Proust on the side, I don't want him just sitting on the bench. Like, why do I want 80 to 100 points sitting on my bench every week? No, it's got to be, if you have that English, like what I've got, Proust in the ruck, English up forward, and that way those other forwards can be kind of sitting on the bench earning your cash. Um, mm. It's an interesting one. So speaking of... Um, I've been lucky this year going on my strategy and we knew that we, no, no, but no, but we, okay. So, but again, you hear me, like I'm talking about luck because you kind of look at, well, you know, people talking about, oh, the five extra trains don't mean anything. I'm like, well, they kind of do. And I went in with that strategy and it's kind of worked out, but you don't hear me because I know things can change any second. Things Mm. can change. Right. So I'm not gloating. I'm not giving everyone a hard time. Like I know Chris had a really good week and he kind of gave us a bit of shit, but us giving each other shit's kind of, yeah, but us giving each other shit's kind of the the nature of it. Exactly. But I'm not going to shit on people online just because I'm ranked 338 right now, right? I'm not going to give people shit because I know there's literally a fine line. It's very finite between success and shit. And it's a couple of choices, a couple of premiums, a mid price that you might've picked or a rookie that you might've missed and everything's so close. And the trading game is literally what's going to drag that field closer together. So, for me, right, when you kind of look at these strategies and your, your Englishes and the rest of it, so you see people trying to trade out butters this week, right? F- 1,500 people trying to trade out butters. Why? Butters copped a knock. They tried to preserve him. They played him more forward, got less midfield time. Swizz jumping in. Go, go Swizz. Fuck oh, butters. Oh, no, mate. I wasn't saying? jumping. I was just showing you my butters shirt. Show the shirt. For, right. those, for those who are just listening and can't see it, yeah, I've got a, I've got a brand new butters shirt with him. He's saying, oh, hamburgers. And I dead set that's what I yelled out when I saw Power Pepper right. run into butters. That it was an injury, know, like the right? guy's playing midfield. Yeah. <laughs> Why would with, you trade him? With these extra trades and COVID kind of running rampant, right? Now, I think the, I don't know about you, but Queensland government, if you get COVID or if you're a close contact within 13 weeks, you're not actually a close contact because you've already had it within 13 weeks. Now, in AFL season, though, we thought, like, oh, yeah, maybe you'll be better protected. But if you wait a few months, then all of a sudden you're like, people that might have had it last year, you'll be a close contact again and you might actually get this new variant again. So for me, I'm not trading premiums unless you really need to fix an issue in your side. So with your um, your crisp, your butters, your Whitfield, now I know there's an appeal to try and trade to someone doing better. Right now, I'd rather trade a premium to a better premium in my mind if they actually went out with COVID instead of me just fixing it for a fixing sake. Now, Whitfield... I think he'll bounce back. He did kind of this week. He's not going to get much cheaper anyway. Butters is already cheap. Do you know what I mean? So he's not going to get much cheaper anyway. So I don't know why you're trading them out. Um, Crisp, I can understand because he was quite expensive and he's underperforming. If you think someone else is a must-have and you've already got four premium defenders like I do, then it means missing out on a Hall, a Lloyd, a Pendles, a Stewart. So then I'm like, okay, well, maybe if he's not going to be top six to ten, then... Maybe that's someone you can get rid of. But again, I'd rather save those trades. And that way, if someone actually is out from COVID, I can go, all right, well, I wasn't really liking him anyway, but this is the person I want and now's the time to jump because they're out. Mm. Uh, And using that out as a a strategy to actually improve your side instead of improving it. And then you might get unlucky with them having COVID and being out for two weeks and then you have to trade them out anyway. Yeah. You know, and that's what why you reckon, so I, I, I agree. Like Whitfield, because I was going off what I kind of saw the week before uh, with the injury, but 
this week you've got a little bit more data he actually looked all right but they did smash the suns the grundy decision or gorn decision is like i can live with that one because we're talking about Proust, who's probably going to be the best one of the best cash cows maybe outside of martin who looks like he's going to make a lot of cash but you know you've got a guy who's two hundred thousand. he's now in the side they won with him you get another week to look at him anyway if you don't have him um but if he was to go 100 again well you've got a guy that's definitely going to get up to four 450 he's making you 250k there you're getting points on field and it's the fact of you're trading somebody down from 600,000 down to 200,000 you're making 400,000 which you can fix your team by taking one of those rookies off and putting that extra forward so that's and that's what you already have in your team Ben that's what some of these higher players have so yes you're one week behind somebody like you but you're going to be away behind if you're if you don't get Bruce in and he continues like that when you when you cash him out at 450 you're either going to have a hundred grand to take him to grundy or you're going to able to swing english back in there and get one of those premium forwards or even you might have a little bit of cash and able to get oliver or steel or something so you're going to be a long way away from that so that's the sort of premium i don't mind moving on because you know you've got a it's a cash cow but it's actually a it's a um it's a premium scoring cash cow it's a mature age one um, compared to bringing in somebody else like yeah a little bit like I could understand if like the Bowie factor that was that's still split because yes you got away like he got his 90 but that's a bit of a different story going Whitfield down to Bowie because Bowie. Um, it may have not worked out because he was still a rookie but Proust isn't a rookie he you know he's a bona fide mature age he's been in the system eight nine years and he was the number one rock now here's he's the benefit number one soul they play rookie they play saturday which means that you're going to know at team announcement tomorrow before the first bounce for was it sydney i know port adelaide and melbourne Melbourne. Uh, so you're going to know before that game as to what's actually happening so you will have an actual idea as to okay well Bruce is number one ruck flynn's emergency and then you're like awesome grundy or gorn or whoever to english if you want it and then that way you get another week to watch Bruce, make sure he's named for Ruck again the following week, um, and then make that decision. And you're not losing anything out by still having English there as you are too, because you can you can still bring him down forward at some point, and it's shown enough oh, that English is going to be a top week. six forward. So you, even you, in one week's you, time, yeah, yeah. So you're you know you're trading you are trading premium for premium, but you're fixing your side at the same at the same time so Ah. because if you don't get english this week because of that 99 so he only went up 40k this week but if he was to go monster richmond which he has in the past and very most likely could monster richmond this week and he let's just say he goes 131 40 well you're done you're not getting english in he's just going to be way out of your price range yeah i think you're right it's either now or not until buys if you want english and by the buys um you could have you a lot more and the, ben- the benefit is is that there's also only 15 percent on english before this week um i thought it'd be higher i think when mm. i got him when i started him i think it was about eight percent after round one i think a few people made some tweaks and then by the end of round three 15 percent now you look at a whole bunch of other things people really i think they're kind of like oh but rucks have a bad first week and then they watch two weeks and like oh shit. um what am I going to do? And now it's like, oh shit again, you know, 
Grundy, who we thought was doing well, had a 120, a 90, uh, 10, whatever, low 100, and now a 90-something. They're like, oh, shit, what do I do? And, you know, English has just gone bang, bang, bang. Uh, but again, English isn't that much of a different Ruckman to Grundy and mm. Gorn. You know, and, and here's the funny thing. Dogs have, again, a soft draw coming up. So if there's some times where the Ruckman could actually get a hold of him and go forward and kick some goals, it's probably in the soft draw coming up. So I quite like it. If you don't have English, I kind of, I'd like to say, no, don't get English because I'm one of the 15% that have him. Um, I kind of don't mind people jumping on because, again, I always know that whatever they've already banked in their score is what I'm going to have ahead of other people. Um, I, I like him. And it's one of those ones where you kind of, the more you see it, you're like, okay, well, as a forward, and that's the big selling point. As a forward, a guy that is already been spoken about being the number one ruck, even if Martin does come in at some point to give him a chop out, it's not going to affect his average that much because he could always go a 90 anyway with Steph there. But they already, we know already they're preferring English as their number one, saying that they think he's ready and they're impressed with what he's doing and they're giving him a chop out. So unless a team's really going to be rocking up with a strong two ruck and they need that that win, and they'll probably just push Steph saying, mate, we need you to play more time on ground this week and smash yourself because you're going to re- get rested next week, basically. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, his time, on low will be, his time on ground will be low. English will still chip away. Their draw anyway up until around, like, round 10 is so soft that even if English by some miracle happens to play forward, I still think he kicks goals and still gets rack, like ruck t- uh, tap time while Steph's on the bench. So... I think it's still win-win. If you don't have English, now is probably the time. I think now is when their draw gets soft. Sorry, Swiss, for Richard. No, that's it. Now, the, flip, the, the flip side, but uh, say if a trading Grundy is last year, he went 76 against Geelong. He always struggles against Stanley. Um, even Stanley is deceptive. So, yeah, he is. He's a good defensive ruckman. And, that, um, and, that's, and that's kind of how we go. He's just got that track history of going low against... Uh, no, he's had the odd game and there here and there, but hasn't when done did that Geelong... well. And he's also struggled against Riley O'Brien when he's played him. So he does have Nick Nat, and then it's the Lions, and then it's the Bombers. So you know why though, Swizz? Whenever he plays Adelaide, he feel like he gets robbed. <laughs> That's terrible. And problem. sorry, while while I'm on the pun train, <laughs> when's Geelong playing Richmond? Because I would love to see Stanley and Ibkus play on the same <laughs> fucking field. <laughs> I think it's later in the year, thank God, because I'd freaking flog us right now. Um, West Coast was, um, yeah, last year against West Coast, he went 134. Then he plays the Lions, he went 162. And then he plays uh, the Bombers, and he went 153. So he's these next three opponents, and then I think he's got the Suns after that. So in saying that, as much as like I look at Grundy as possibly an option, um, yeah, the the hurt factor you can have if he was to go well, and and that's where that big 50-50 decision comes. Like last week, a lot of people jumped off Whitfield and he comes out and scores a 96. Now, I was happy to jump off him because I saw enough to say I think he's still carrying a bit of an injury um, and, and he's going to have some troubles through that and he's not going to get a softer game like they did against the Suns this week. But, you know, it's buy beware, as you said, you, you um or sell or beware on this one. If you uh, trade your premiums, that can really come back to hurt you. Yeah, I found that out last year, which is why I felt like GWS had a few more tricks up their sleeve. And if I traded Whitfield, I'd probably get absolutely laughed at by Grimo. Um, 
Josh Kelly, everyone, last year, how well did he go after I got rid of him? So, uh, again, role change. That's why I'm kind of looking at, um, I guess, Tom Mitchell playing forward. You know, Hawks are competitive. They've won a couple. They nearly won that game as well. But when it gets down to the crunch time, do you know what I mean? I think Titch is probably one that might go back into that guts. So I'm trying to have a look at the moment as far as, you know, the DPP conversation. Now, I don't know who did up. Do you know who did up this, um, the photo switch as far as? Um, like, yeah. Yeah. And, so um, someone's been tracking um, different sort of scenarios. So Brayshaw, yeah, defender, but shit Brayshaw, Melbourne. McDonald defender. Uh, McDonald gets forward stats. That makes sense because he's been, you know, trying to have an impact forward of goal. Hoff as a defender, doesn't matter. He's not really relevant. Dacos as a defender and 73% defense. Now, you can't have three positions. So Dacos is already mid. Do you know what I mean? You need defense to be higher than forwards. You can't get three positions. Uh, Cherry, uh, 67% ruck. So that's kind of something we, we knew. Butters will get DPP. Heaney will get DPP. But interestingly enough, only 38% midfield time. So 61% forward. So that kind of goes into the fact where Heaney wasn't playing pure midfield that we spoke about. Um, Pendlebury, 60% defender. So that's what we spoke about. Still getting 40% mid. So that's where the uh, the scoring is still buffed because of the that 40% mid can still mean that he can still score some good numbers and it really helps supplement that. Parker's an interesting one. Currently 35% forward, right? Now, probably helps. So Papley not there. McDonald didn't do well, so out you get. Papley kicked some goals going forward quite a lot. 35% is the threshold. Now, it's not going to say that he's going to be 35% the whole year, but I'm kind of looking, and Tom Mitchell as well. Bailey Smith is also in that 36% category, so they're close. Now, if the next three rounds, Parker goes and plays more more midfield, well, that's you shit out of luck, right? And then at round 12, you're kind of upgrading anyway. If by some chance he gets forward status by then, sure, Parker finishes strong normally. So I'm kind of looking, and I'm holding off. That's why I'm probably not going to bring in Heaney this week, just because Parker Smith might get forward status. Pendles looks like he's definitely going to get that one there. Lipinski as well is currently on the borderline of 35% as well. So it's one of those ones where I'm like, well, even Lipinski could go 100 as a forward. Do you know what I mean? So if you've already got three forwards and Cornelio maybe even as your fourth, who looks like a possible a keeper, it makes it hard. Now, Horn Francis it doesn't look like he's going to get DPP because he's now 32% forward. So if you're holding on for Horn Francis to get a forward status, it looks less likely. Now, number one, um, LDU knocked out. They kind of needed someone. I thought he was very impressive. Not super clean, but contested ball to get it to the outside. I thought he was very impressive. He was at a lot of CBAs that I could see. Gave away a 50-meter penalty, which kind of killed him a little bit. Gave away a free kick, but got some in return, so that kind of balanced out. But in the contest at CBAs, I thought Horn Francis actually held himself very well. And... I think that they should kind of continue with him there a little bit. Um, good for his scoring. I think he probably goes around that 70-odd mark, Swiss. I don't know about you, but unless Horn Francis comes out and plays a lot more forward in the next few weeks, he might actually not get forward status. Yeah, there's a chance because of those injuries. So you'd hope, so I'll speak about him and then Parker, um, so you, you really hope that LDU comes back this week or next week um, and then that'll push for Horn Francis. And you just, you probably because of that, it, it's not going to take a lot of percentage to change it. So if Horn Francis could have 50% forward the next couple of weeks, then yeah, he's going to get enough to to change that percentage and get there. But 
it all depends if North were to have any more in, injuries because he's the next, it's shown he's the next in. Um, and then Parker, yeah, you really hope with Papley not coming back until round seven is the hope. If it's earlier, then Parker's not going to get that status. If he doesn't come back to round seven, then Parker's If Parker's forward status, I am going on him after round six. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I He'd swear be the to God. I traded in that week. Oh, sure. It'd be like Christmas came early. I'd be like, fuck Heaney. Yeah. Who's this Heaney guy? Parker. Yeah. 100%. Exactly. Parker's not going below 100. No, no. Like, because you know he's oh. going to play midfield. The Swans are going to be contesting for finals. It's, it's just a no brainer oh. that one. So, and even if Titch that, is forward, if Titch somehow gets forward, I don't know how, but if Titch somehow no. gets forward, I don't care about his 80s. I will take those low scores and I'll be like, thank you very much, <laughs> sir. In my forward line, get the fuck out. And that's what we talked about, Kelly. And that's what we talked about, you know, the possibility with like, you know, Green being out for Toby Green being out for the Giants. You know, that when you get these long term injuries, early in the season or suspensions and stuff like that, it opens up a, a possibility that one of these premium forwards goes forward for a while. And that, and Josh Kelly, you'd love to see it maybe like like this week or that again, go up and play for a lot of forward time because he could still be a sneaky chance if he got one week where he was still spending a bit more time up forward or something like that. Or like Dangerfield used to do, he'd get an early injury in the game and then he'd go rest forward for the rest of the game because they're just, oh, well, we'll get you through today. So we really didn't want one of those premiums to get just a little niggle and that just nothing major and that, and then they go play forward for the one for that game and then that boosts their percentage because all of a sudden that game they get 80% forward time and it skews yep. their percentage in, in a good favourability. Yeah, and Sydney, no. Last year they kind of started strong and then the youth of their team kind of started to suffer from consistency, right? So it's like, okay, well, sure, Warner, get your ass in there. Rowbottom, get your ass in there. Um, Golden, get your ass in there. Do some early hard yard yakka. Put your body on the line. Get that ball, right? Do as well. Do your team well. Papley comes back in and then, you know, you, McInerney comes in, so that kind of shores up a defensive spot. Lloyd might even get up on the wing and then all of a sudden, like, Parker can then get his ass back into that midfield. And by that point, DPP, Kelly last year, forward. Mm -hmm. After that, midfield, killed it in the midfield. Now, if we had that DPP last year, literally, you'd be like, after round six, you'd be like, Josh Kelly, forward. Fuck yeah. Bang, lock him in. This year, 100%. So I'm, I'm actually, that's why I'm kind of not wanting to sell myself on too many forwards or defenders. If I'm going to upgrade, I'd be probably trying to do it now in one of those other positions. If you have more than sort of three or four forwards, don't go any further because one of those two things might happen. You you need room. You honestly need room this year more than previous years. Otherwise, Heaney in my side 100%. And I still like Heaney. Right? I think he's going to have down games. But if Parker's there, fuck yeah, I'm taking Parker. Hands down, without a doubt, I would take it. Better ceiling, better consistency, better midfielder, and can still go forward and hit the goals. Parker goes 100 plus, easy. Heaney, yeah. from here on out, maybe 100 or lower for Heaney. I don't know. Final thoughts, yeah. with? Yeah, no, mate, I, and I agree, I agree completely with that, and that's why I think with last week I um I kind of made that decision of not going Heaney, and I, I was looking at it and going, well, I think Hall's still going to be one of the top defenders so if I'm bringing in a forward or a defender, I want a premium, like a guy that I'm, I'm banking on to be top three in that position, where the midfielders, they're going to lose more people out of picking up dual position. So, but you still know Oliver and Steele and, and 
Trucker and all those guys are going to be your top top guys. So yeah, you don't try to go too crazy with it. You, you don't want too many rookies on field, but at the same time, um, yeah, you want to leave a gap. So I've got four defenders at, in the um, if you include Hewitt as my D four, and up the forward line, it's just sort of still dunkling and butters. What do you mean? And then if Hewitt's like one of the best averaging defenders he is, right he is, now. What like, do you mean? Yeah, if, and I'm gathering he's still going to be top if, six. So okay, so let's bank like Canelio. So oh, if and then it's like yeah, okay, Dunkley Butters, Canelio, and then I'm happy to put fit English in there, but I still want two gaps in both because and and the problem is still we like if you look in defense as we said, you still got Lloyd and Stewart, and then if Pendles becomes available on the forward line, like you know we still got um, Taranto and Duncan, um, but then on top of that, what happens if you know? Liberal Parker or these guys come available. So you don't want to squish in too many. And I've seen a couple of people, they're like, oh, well, I didn't want the the rookies on field up forward. So they've got, you know, five primo um, forwards. And you see that usually in team of the week, which is good for that week. And, you know, credit to them, they win um, $1,000. There's no knocking that. But long term, um, yeah, you, you want to bring in those premium midfielders early and get those guys happen because you're going to pick up guys on the way with this new dual position rule, which has sort of changed how we think about super coach now. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, yeah. Keep some ream everyone hundred percent. Now I think the, the people that are probably real concerned right now are the ones having forward rookies on field. And those that kind of started thin in the midfield and had a ward or a Stevens as their M eight. They're the two areas that I would probably say are vulnerable. Now, vulnerability, we mean on any given week, you might do well or you might do shit. They're the two areas that I'd probably look at solidifying some kind of strategy, whether that's bringing in a premium mid early or bringing in a premium forward early, especially when you hit that round sort of six mark, shore it up, fix whatever line you really need to try and get that flimsy rookie, the one that might go you 81 week, 40 or 50 the next, fix that. If you had Ward on field, fix that. If you had, um, if you're relying on a, on a loophole, and it's hard because rookie roulette between Hayes and Martin and Dixon, etc., fix that. All right, yeah, and that's get where, some better. Yep, and 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 that's where we were talking English Bruce for the Gordon Grundy. Where I'm not knocking that because if you have English, who let's just say is going to go say a hundred, which is like what you have. Bruce is going to go, but say between 80 and 100, and he, he could very much go 100. That's 200 points each week you got there on field. So you need, if you've got one of these rookies and you have someone as bad as, say, Rochelle went last week, you know, you might have somebody go 40. You're now relying on Gorn or Grundy to go 160 to just get the same amount of points, where the other two, it's just, you've got confidence in what they're scoring. So Somebody like you that started off freaking Abdul with the Richmond Forum has let me know many times about starting hey, with. Hey, Abdul had McDonald's, so fuck Abdul. Oh, fuck. Yeah, well, McDonald got, yeah, brought he, him he back got his to just uh, fucking desserts for that, yeah. Mister Mr. Abdul. So, um, yeah, playing you know, deep defender. So that that's the one I'm more can see people wanting to trade because you're still getting two guys, one who's going to be still a premium, and the other one. Um, so your Grundy versus in English is still a premium in just a different line, but now you've turned a rookie like Martin or Rochelle, who would be still you've got in your side, but now they're not on field anymore. And you've got Proust, who is a, you know, he's, you don't look at him as a rookie. You look at him as a, you know, a, a lower premium. So that's fantastic for you, mate. And it looks Sweet, good. So 
When did this become the English and Proust show? Oh, mate. Well, it had, it had to become and you the keep, biggest discussion. Oh, like I have. And I'm like, oh, yeah, bless mate, my well, you know, you've, you've done well there. I'm, I'm pumping you up. Somebody's got to pump you up with you know, this fucking corona and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, true. You're not, not getting no love from the wife this week, mate, so. Uh, I actually, last night, actually, we need to finish <laughs> this podcast. Yeah. So do. it was like, okay, hey, if you want some fresh air, wear your mask, come outside, get out on the balcony, get some fresh air. I was like, well if I'm going to walk through the kitchen and go into, you know, th- to the balcony area, I was like, so I put some gloves on. I had a mask on. I was like, no one's fucking here. Baby's asleep. I can spray some bloody um, Glen 20 shit on the handles. I was like, fucking grab some scotch, walk downstairs, grabbed all my podcasting shit, grab some more scotch, come upstairs. And then she's like, do you go downstairs? I was like, yeah, to the office. And she cracked the shits. And I was just like, <laughs> uh, you know, I want my stuff. Um, Anyway. Oh, mate, that's unlucky. But no, no, it's been good. I'm she's on, making me food, what? though. She's holding strong. She's got baby 24-7 right now, mate. So I'm literally playing PlayStation, watching footy highlights, making podcasts, uh, coughing my fucking lungs up, and that's about it, mate. I'm literally stuck in. Look at my new studio, guys. Um, I was, check out Twitter. Look at Twitter. I took a little photo. Yeah, actually, at the it's end, really at good. The, I did see At that. the end of my bed. Yeah, at the end of my bed, I got the TV. It's a yep. This is the smaller TV. It's a downstairs spare TV. I think it's like... 50 inch TV at the end of the bed next to that. I've got a desk and I was like, I don't even care that this desk is in the way with all the shit. I was like, I'll go the long side around, around the master bedroom, climb over the bed to go to the shower and the bathroom and shit. I don't care. It's a little playground Swiss. I need something. I need something. I, ladies I, and gentlemen. I love it. Yeah, no, that's good. I've got the PS5 up on the new, on the new TV right now, so that's you need good. Call of Duty, mate. You need to be grinding yeah, the bloody I've, diamond I've camo. Got that as well, mate. I'm just working through some stuff, so yeah, no, I can't oh. complain at the moment and. I'm just Diamond about to actually go off and see the lovely Laura, who's uh, Richmond's um, physio, Ooh. and that's so she's Ooh. going to go work on my Ooh. back and shoulders. So, oh, yeah. I love a massage oh, right mate. now. Oh, I feel fucked. especially especially that I have Richmond's one oh. as well. So she's she's awesome. Stop it! <laughs> stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Mate, I get, uh, mate, anyway, I get a massage it. and I get to talk footy, like what, and I get to talk footy about my own team. What's more? Hey, ask about Gibkiss. Ask about oh, Gibkiss and see if he I'll has a spine to hold. Say, hey, does, does Gibkiss looks like he's got a pretty strong back. Does he have the spine to hold up Richmond for all of 2022? <laughs> There's your question. Okay, I'll ask her. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, that's, that's it. That's about mate. five minutes of uh, shit talking at the end there. So uh, like me, I've probably dozed off. Um, <laughs> I'll see you later, everyone. Uh, see you, Benny. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Susie. All right, bye.